Hey listeners, and welcome back to another episode of My Streaming Bubble. I'm your host, Jen, and this is that little old podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. Uh, today, being tolerated from a social distance is the bestie, Jill. First person I've had back in the pod basement since pre-pandemic. It's so nice to sit down and record with someone face-to-face. So let's welcome her back. Welcome, Jill. Pussy control. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) y'all. So we're back today to finally discuss uh, season two of Dead to Me. We actually had a recording scheduled back pre-quarantine and everything, and then we just kind of like, so we're we're here. We made it. So we're just going to go ahead and we'll dive right into season two. And so plenty of spoilers ahead. Plenty of spoilers. Did I say? Okay. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Spoilers. Spoilers. Beware. But before we get started, since Jill and I talked about season one of The Boys, and as of this date, season two is set to air in a few days, uh, I made my husband watch season one with me. He hadn't seen it, so that was fun to kind of see his reaction and shit. But... I went ahead and checked out volume one of the boys graphic novel. So I wanted to show, have Jill flip through it and get her, her vocal reactions. Oh, my vocal reactions. (laughs) I will try to do you good here. Yeah. Just flip through whatever. My first, the first thing I noticed was there was a lot more fucking. (laughs) Oh, I, oh, I did. Wow. Okay. That's pretty graphic, doggy style. I, the first page I flipped to was, uh, what's his face? His dad, Simon Pegg. Oh, yeah, yeah. And no, no, I'm Scottish. Oh, wow. The artwork is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just picked it up from um, the library the other day, or just yesterday, so I haven't really had a chance to, like, read it or anything. So, but. this whole, this... Is all of season one, or is this part of season one, or do I, you not? I don't know. Do I'm assuming know? it's season one, because I see uh, Kimiko in there, and just based on where it seems like they find her, it seems to happen sooner in the graphic novel than perhaps the show, but... I was just going to say, I just flipped to a page with a old Santa Claus-looking dude with an apron on, and... I don't, he wasn't in season one, so Mm -mm. I'm just wondering who he is. And there's a bulldog in here, so I'm wondering there's a dog (laughs) that plays a part. Oh, yeah, it must be maybe Butcher's dog. So he's sitting on his lap. Oh, I want to read it. (laughs) Yeah, the illustrations are awesome. I could, like, just sit here and. And just look at the pretty pictures. And just look at the pictures. <laughs> I do know how to read. <laughs> oh, the fr- Frenchie is probably one of my favorites. Yeah. Moncour. Frenchie. Yeah, Timmy I liked Frenchie a lot, and he liked Frenchie and Mother's Milk's whole kind of relationship back and forth, especially when they first re-meet in the, in the show, and they instantly just want to, like, kill each other. <laughs> they kind of, yeah, they kind of do that. A couple of times in the first season, mm-hmm. and but it, I don't know. I think they just have like a br- one of those brotherly relationships because they've seen so much shit. Yeah, that like I'm not putting up with your shit, man. Don't be stupid. 
Dang. Wow. There is a lot of booty in here. A lot of booty. Oh, my God. All right. What is this? There's no, like, this is NC-17 on the front or anything yeah. like that. Oh, on the back. Oh. <laughs> Suggested for mature readers. Well, I am not mature, so. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'm super pumped about season two. Mm-hmm. I've freaking love that show yeah it was super it's really good. well done it was a lot of fun going back and rewatching it so and after we binge season two i'm sure we'll be back in the pod basement to gush about the boys but for now let's go ahead and dive into dead to me season two Starring Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. And I'm so glad they brought James Marsden back. Ah! So, again, spoilers. The second season opens, and I love that we pick up right where we left off. They're kind of scrambling because now Steve is dead. And we're just like, okay. So we assume Jen killed him, shot him, because she had the gun, but mm-hmm. there was no gunshot that had gone off. And then we find out, I think even in that episode, that she didn't shoot him, but she bludgeoned him with Henry's little bird statue. Yeah. This season, so this season, I love. I think I love this season more than the first season. I love because season one, there was a lot of layers and little twists and everything that were still very surprising and shocking. And I felt like they just kind of doubled down on that this season. A lot of little twists and everything. A lot of, for me, a lot of moments where I was like, oh my God. First, in the first episode, Steve's twin. James Marsden's all knocking on the door with his like shaggy, like kind of shaggier hair and everything. And then we learned that Steve had an almost identical twin, semi-identical. Yeah, I think it's semi-identical. Um, no one knew about it in the first season. No. So when he does show up on Jen's doorstep, it's kind of like, wait a minute, what's going on? We saw that he got bludgeoned to death. Jen basically bludgeoned him with a tiny bird statue mm-hmm. and she and he fell into the pool or something and um now he's on the doorstep and then she passes out yeah. <laughs> that that whole like little bit because i kind of felt the same way i'm like what is going on here yeah i was just like no way steve is still alive and why does he look so happy and this and that and right the right second episode why does he look so happy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's not like bleeding from the head and then it's like and then they're like, oh, yeah, secret twin. I was like, oh, you guys went some, like, I don't know, days of our lives shit with secret twin stuff. And I have a little bit of backstory that I read about that. Um, so citing sources, I read it on Vulture about the show. And um, so James Marsden had emailed the the show developer, I want to say it's Liz Feldman. And he's like, is there any way that... Uh, Steve could still be alive like he really enjoyed working on the show and Mm -hmm. he's like I know like he got bludgeoned and there's really no coming back from that but there is there any way so Liz in like the the writer's room um, with the other like creatives they came up with the twin idea and so (laughs) it kind of to me it it seems like it kind of stemmed from James Marsden just really wanting to still be on the show so I thought that was really kind of funny and cute yeah um so and yeah, I, I'm glad he did that because I know seeing like little headlines, you know, TMZ or whatever, like while season two was being filmed and like, you know, pictures of on set. And here's a picture of Christina Applegate and James Marsden. 
And I'm like, wait what? a minute, what? I was like, oh, are they just going to do like flashbacks or something? That's always what I chalk it up to. Sure, for sure. Because how often do they really go secret twin outside of soap operas? I mean, I don't know. I can't think of. I, I don't have another example off the top of I have of no my examples. Head. But yeah, so that was nice. Yay, James Marsden's back. But yeah, so this season we see Jen struggle with keeping the truth from Judy. Also falling for Ben, trying to be a mom. And ben being the the twin. twin. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, juggling being the mom, fighting for a stop sign. So Jen's got a lot on her plate, and we see her in almost a constant state of, like, stressed the fuck out. Completely understandable. Would you say that wine was also a character in this season? Yeah. Like, it played a part in last season, too, but I feel like every time that I saw Jen... She was always with wine. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the neighbor Karen comes over and she's like, I've got some orange wine. Oh, God, gross. <laughs> like Jen's reaction was the reaction that I was feeling on the inside as well. I was Ooh. like, oh, orange wine. What? What? Did you would make, make it in your basement? Like, oh, is, that, you- <laughs> is that toilet wine? <laughs> Did you need to get rid of some oranges? <laughs> Um, and I just have to say that the actress that plays Karen, I think she's really hilarious. Her name is uh, Susie Nakamura, and she's also in, because she's something else I kind of watched recently, this one, and then Avenue 5, which was on HBO, and it starred Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad, and it oh, was like that yeah, out in space one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know she was in that. Yeah, she, her character is kind of like that ball busting type nice. and she's really good really funny in that show too so which is kind out. of the opposite of what she plays in dead to me yeah she's kind of like the neighbor like the nosy neighbor yep. but also very kind of passive in a way like because jen is her personality is very strong and aggressive and mm-hmm. yeah that's funny yeah so i liked i liked the little bits of of the Karen. <laughs> I do. I like her character. I feel bad for her character because we find out later that her husband has decided, like, he's... He's cheating on her. Well, he's, yeah, he's cheating on her, and I think he's realized that, you know... That he's gay. Women are not for him, and mm-hmm. and then Jen discovers it, and... And um, then, um, fuck, I wish I could... I was going to write down that actor's name, but he's he's also great, and he's been in... Karen's husband? Yeah, who plays the character Jeff. I've seen him before, too, in other things. He's in um, The Good Place, and he's really good in that. He's yes. um, Captain Holt's husband on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so his role in that show is a little smaller, but it's also very good. And then I'm sure just like a whole bunch of other shit, but... Those are kind of probably... It was a familiar face. Yeah. For sure. Definitely one of like, oh, it's that guy. I like that guy. He's funny. (laughs) So, oh, because then, yeah, Karen and her orange wine. Oh, and the cameras in in episode one. Talking to Jen about like, oh, what were you doing in the backyard last night? The full grown man. I heard heard an adult male back here. And Jen's kind of like, what do you mean? Like freaking out. And then talking about how they've got, like, the the cameras on their home. And, like, they look right out on the street. And they mm-hmm. capture everything. And then they're in the Achy. cloud. Yep. <laughs> and Jen's, like, thinking that she could just delete them. And then they're in the cloud. I was having a little bit of a mini panic attack when I was watching that part. 
Um, just because I'm like, oh shit, how the fuck is Jen going to get out of this? Like, how is she going to delete those videos that show that Steve shows up at her house looking mm-hmm. for Judy and like, ah! like, <laughs> I mean, I know there's like 10 episodes, but still I was like, is she going to be busted already? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or she's like, oh my God, if this is like the first stressful thing we have to deal with, what's going to be the 10th stressful what? thing we'll like, have to deal with? Yeah. <laughs> I would have to say this um, this season is – I really like this season a lot. This was – first season was great too, but this is my favorite. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of character development. Like I think they – the actors that are playing these characters are really comfortable and really solid in what they're trying to portray now. And mm-hmm. it really came through and you saw a little bit of like – a little bit of backstory and just – like a little bit more of like how the kids are feeling. And mm-hmm. um, I just, I really, really liked this season. And I think they did a great job with the writing and being the, allowing the actors to kind of explore that character and really build it up to somebody that you do feel emotions for, like you do um, have empathy for, or that maybe you just can't stand, like mm-hmm. Warna. <laughs> <laughs> is Lorna doing with a <laughs> bottle of fentanyl? What the fuck? How, how, how she was just so blase about it. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just take like, a few. She's like, it's, she's like, you can take two. <laughs> fentanyl. <laughs> like, where did you get this? Oh my god. Fucking Lorna. Yeah, she's because then at one point she even says like raising Ted was the greatest honor of her life. Yeah, puke, puke. Like, she's, like, the mother-in-law nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. But it was nice to see her in the little bits that we did get her this season. So, um, yeah, she's always just, like, you know kind of, like, what's going to happen. Like, somehow she's going to get under Jen's skin. and But just watching that happen is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of like, god damn, woman. That's good. That, I mean, like, that's Emily Gilmore status. Yes, <laughs> Emily Gilmore. You know, just with fentanyl. <laughs> with fentanyl. With fentanyl. <laughs> just take two. With You'll be fine. Yeah, fine. You can take two. What? No. Oi. But, but no, I agree. This season was super great, and I think a lot of it has to – I mean, we have to give it up to, like, Christina Applegate, and she does – she's – in just her portrayal of – the stress and everything that she's under, the concern for her kids. And it's like, you almost forget that she's, well, I mean, but yeah, you almost forget that she's like covering up a murder Mm -hmm. because you're just like, and you want her to be successful in covering it up because you feel for her. Right. You know, she's so concerned about the kids and within the show, it's like, you know, the loss of their dad is still fairly recent. So her being concerned about, like, they can't lose both parents and blah, blah, blah. You're just like, yeah, you got to do something. I don't know. Well, maybe not go straight to, like, Home Depot and ask a whole bunch of questions about hydrochloric acid and, <laughs> and shit like that. That's a little too on the nose. But you almost were like, you got to do something. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like now I'm so attached to these characters that even, like, on their worst day, I'm still, like, cheering them mm-hmm. on, like, you can bury that body. <laughs> I believe dig. in you. Let's get your back into it. No. <laughs> well, and even like because of her stress, she lashes out at Judy a lot in this in this season. And, you know, like first she tells Judy that Judy can't see Michelle because 
real quick. I loved the character Michelle. Me too. Me and too. I, and I loved I loved her for Judy, and I was really hoping Judy would find some happiness. That little twist with that little mini plot line of Michelle's ex being Detective Perez that she still lives with. That was one of my big like, oh my god, you've got to be too. fucking kidding <laughs> me, me too. I'm like, okay, like you know when you're watching shows, like you you suspend some sort of belief, like if they're like um, like super uh, superheroes, or superheroes, yeah. or like supernatural or whatever, yeah, like you suspend some sort of belief, and then I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I kind of I got a little annoyed at first, and like, but then I was like, yeah, it's working, like it works, yeah. and. It really kind of helped Jen out in the end. Yeah. I, and I loved that little twist. And then I felt a little dumb that I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm just like, oh, come on, girl. You watch enough shows. You should have seen it coming. So when it's kind of revealed, because it's like Jen goes back to Michelle's place and they're all making out and go back into Jen's room and the camera kind of pans back. And, you know, you look at the time. You're like, oh, it's the end of the episode. A little music out or loot or whatever. I don't think I'm going to miss anything. And then Perez walks through the door and I was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> next episode. Next episode. It makes you want to watch more, too. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I mean, writers did a great job with that. But I'm so glad that we got more Perez this season and not just Detective Perez, but human Perez. Mm, me, too. So we saw more of her vulner vulnerability, like when Michelle's mom um, got sick and you know, finding out more about Perez. She was a foster child, abandonment issues. Michelle and her mom are the only family that Perez has really ever known. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, like you said, at the end of the season, when Jen goes to Perez to confess everything, we find out Michelle has moved out. So Perez is very vulnerable and she's crying. <laughs> and well, I love the other thing that was interesting about that, though, too, is talking about um, seeing the human side of Perez is that she was talking about, like, people just see me as a cop. Mm -hmm. People see me as this just one-sided person. She's like, I don't get invited to parties. Yeah. I don't have very many friends because, mm -hmm. oh, people are going to smoke pot at a party. But don't invite him Perez because Perez is a cop and mm -hmm. she's going to narc on us. Yep. You know, like, like that whole kind of – it's interesting to think about somebody in that profession and that kind of – that, you know, that's – mindset or whatever yeah, and kind of so feeling left out feeling left out and i did like how she just kind of put into a box because yeah, of like what you're, her, you're a detective what your profession is you know you can't turn it off and yeah and her being vulnerable like you said like just her kind of just vomiting at the mouth at jen mm -hmm. like this is what's happening in my life and i really need to get it out and then um her and jen kind of making that connection oh, and that. finding about you know, they both lost their moms at a really young age. And I think that kind of sealed the deal for Jen. Like, mm -hmm. they're not really looking to get Jen. They were looking to get that, um, the, the captain or yeah, the, the, the Greek the, mafia. Just, yeah. And the police department. The, yep. What was he, a captain? I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, he was like the chief was. of police. Yeah, the chief of police. Cause he and was he's involved. another one of those, like, oh, it's that guy. And I still don't yes, remember. Yes. And he name. always kind of plays like a slime ball. Yeah. So. That was um, not a super big twist, but it's like, so at one point in the season, because Jen still has Steve's car in storage, Charlie, her oldest son, is being kind of a little shit about his birthday coming up and wanting to get a car. So then he trucks it down to storage, finds Steve's car, takes it out for a joyride. 
in it, he finds this weird little like shaving kit bag kind of thing. And in it, it's like a cell phone, a USB drive, some weird stuff. He doesn't pay any mind to ends up giving it over to Judy because he's like, yeah, I couldn't understand what they were saying. All sounds like Greek. And so I loved it when Judy took it to Nick, who was back on the forest. And I was glad we got a little bit more Nick. Definitely Poor seems Nick. a little more sour than he did last season. But, oh, my you God. Know, can't really blame him. He's he's, yeah, he's a he good a, guy. He's bitter. He he's is. very bitter. And I get it. Like, and, I get it. But I liked when she. But he was willing season, to help. Yeah. She takes the um, Judy takes a case to him and everything, and she leans in and she's like, "Listen, somewhere private where the captain can't hear himself," and then walks away. So Nick's kind of sitting there with it, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And then it sinks, and then it like clicks, like so the captain can't hear himself, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And yeah, he, like, leans back and is all looking around. That was like, so great. That was the greatest. <laughs> that was such a good scene for him. I yeah. loved that so much. He wasn't in it a lot, but I did like his scenes. Um, because first Perez, early in the season, Perez goes to him to get help to with all sorts of investigation stuff, mm-hmm. and you see he's maybe still a little depressed. And I think it was nighttime, so he's like bathrobe and jaded. And he's like, well, here's the file that I found. And then Jen bumps into him out the beach when she's with Michelle at the taco truck. So that was super awkward. Judy, not Jen. Judy, yes. Thank Sorry. you. Thank you. I didn't mean to No, no, please. You. There's been other episodes when I've gone to edit. I'd be talking about like Star Wars and then refer to it as Star Trek. And it's <laughs> super cringy. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh, but it's not. No, I can't cut that out because <laughs> it's not in a good spot to cut out. Now I just sound like an idiot. So thank you. <laughs> so I can do that more if I just during the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not IRL. I mean, I never ask for your permission in real life. That's so. True. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Nick, not in not in a lot of scenes, but very great. This he was season. in the ones that counted though, yeah. like to make the story come together for sure. And man, how much would that suck to be stuck on the goddamn tip line of your ex-girlfriend's dead ex-fiance that she, you know. It would suck to be on any tip line. You know there are a ton of crazies just calling in. And I am not good on the phone. I hate answering phones. I would fucking lose my mind. I would lose my mind. But he's a very patient person, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like too. And he didn't make up good he did come up with good points to the chief that you know, oh, the tip line is tricky when you have an identical twin walking around. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right? Ah, oh, the chief was so like I just wanted to kick him in the balls. Mm-hmm. He was so just a dick. You notice how he called Nick boy? All the time. Yes, demeaning, talking down to him. And then Perez was always girl. Yep. Or honey mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, just disrespectful. Racist, misogynistic. Yes, all so, those words. All those words. But yeah. The actor that played him did a great job because yeah. I, I freaking hated that character. Why am I say freaking? I'll just say fucking. Just say fucking. Just fucking. Say fucking. Okay, that's enough. That's <laughs> excessive. Sorry. So... God, what else? Oh, my God. So one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> she literally just threw her notebook down. I threw down. my notebook. Oh, I my God. It. Notebooks. I, <laughs> I, uh, so we find out that Steve is in the chest freezer. Oh, God. In Jen's garage. And there's that you brief about moment <laughs> where they're like, 
he's haunting the garage because mm-hmm. the light won't stay on I've, and all yep. this weird stuff. And then you find out they have rats. Yes. I also think that Judy might have been a little more correct in that, you know, he's not at peace. He's not at rest. And I mean, the rats don't really explain the light going off. I mean, mm-hmm. that could be like a short circuit or whatever. But it's never happened before. But now it's happening because you have Steve's dead body in your freezer. Yep. Ghosts. Plain and simple. And that ghosts communicate through electricity, mm-hmm. light sources. Yep. They draw from electricity. So and then I, I love that how they kind of threw that little, it, I don't know. Like I said, I love season two. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> I just, it, it was highly entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. And, me um, too. And I liked the... Um, the maintenance guy or whoever oh that they called for the chest freezer. I don't know why he just cracked me up. Just him being so like, like chill about yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah, you got rats. Yeah. <laughs> it's hot as shit. They're trying to get into like the, the coolest place they can. They will gnaw through anything. They can smell blood from miles away. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. So, yeah, and that's the episode two. Jen tries thinking she could do hydrochloric acid Steve's body and she tests it on a rat first. Yeah. Ugh. At first I was like, oh shit, is she really going like full bore on this? I'm mm-hmm. like, no, don't do that because I've seen Breaking Bad. They use <laughs> hydrochloric acid to like burn a body and then the fucking tub falls through the exactly. floor. Exactly. <laughs> like, don't do that. Oh God, that was a great moment in that show. Yeah, no, I, I was worried about her bathtub. I was like, so what's going to happen? Like, how are you going to drain that? Do you have, like, a cord drain? Do you have, like, how long are your gloves? Like, I literally thought these questions. You were thinking all, like, the possibilities and the questions and, like, did you really plan this out well? Yeah, and then it's like, you can't you can't just release that into the sewer. <laughs> My thoughts, too. So there's some continuity issues, Netflix. But... <laughs> <laughs> Don't play Netflix. They're just presenting the show. Okay. Writers. Writers. The producers. You know, Will Ferrell's a producer. It's his fault. <laughs> God damn it. Will Ferrell. I still love you. Um, Yeah, so then that's when they decide to bury Steve out in the San Angeles or whatever forest. Lo- Los Angeles. Yes. Oh, because the- Because of Shandy. Shandy's creepy little fucker. Weird- because she's the one from season one. She she had like a piece of like the tail light or something, or she had from witnessed the ac- yep, yeah, from the, the accident, accident. And like she had it, and then her mom somehow found out about it. And then she made Shandy come over and kind of like confess, mm-hmm. like she picked this up off the side of the road. I don't, yep, yep, whatever. And then now she's friends with Jen's youngest Henry. son, Henry. Mm-hmm. They have play dates. Fucking Henry, he's just the sweetest boy. He's the boy. sweetest kid. I feel like he's hanging out with a soon-to-be sociopath, mm-hmm. but but he's got his like little Christian singing group. But with he doesn't Christopher. want to do it anymore. That's true. He didn't oh, want to. Christopher, I love him too. And his and his doggy Adele. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> oh, when they brought. Oh my god! You know I love dogs. But I was like, oh my god, they name her Adele. <laughs> and then she had to go to like behavior camp yep because they thought that adele had killed the dad bird mm-hmm. and we find out later that it wasn't adele it was shandy because yeah because she is a in little... she's going she's a you know maybe yeah. a sociopath maybe, maybe a psychopath she just has really dead eyes yep. and the little actress that plays her does such, such a, a good, good job, job that i really hope she doesn't have dead eyes and real life yeah and i like that shandy we see shandy in like these 
pink floral frou frou. Like her mom's dresses. like trying to make like a trying to normalize yeah. her. <laughs> like my daughter is normal. I'm trying to believe that my daughter's normal, but I think mom really knows that her daughter is a little off mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of a sociopath. I think so. Poor mom. Poor mom. Poor mom. But good old Shandy had the idea of burying it because that's where all the gangs bury their dead. <laughs> Because she saw it on the dark web. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck? I don't even know how to get to the dark web, do you? No, and I'm not going to Google how to get, like like Jen did, not not even in incognito mode. And then then the autofill, yeah. (laughs) And this show is so funny, and the writing is so good, too, because there was... So kind of back. Can we just give props to Christina Applegate? We'll, we'll give her all the fucking props. I Hell just yeah. call her Christina. Christina. <laughs> she she is like this. I feel like this role, like whether it was written for her or she just like she is just the best. This is the best. I've mm-hmm. always loved her. Mm-hmm. Always loved her. Since Married with Children. Of course. So we should just go ahead and get on with that big old well, spoiler um, of the season. Nah, I was going to say, <laughs> I really, like, my real love for Christina Applegate. I did watch Married with Children when I was younger, but my real love for her started with The Sweetest Thing. <gasps> yes. I freaking loved her in that movie with Selma Blair. She is delightful. She's delightful, and I feel like she's, like, one of those actresses that doesn't get enough credit because she has depth. Mm -hmm. She can play different characters. Like, she can play, like, gritty. She can play, you know, dumb blonde, of course. Um, She can play angry widowed mom trying to hide a dead body in her freezer. And she's funny. She's got... She's funny. Her delivery and her timing. great comedic timing, and that's what I admire about her. Yep. I love great comedic timing in anybody. Because I like... One of the things that I love about this series are just kind of like the small under the breath comments. Yes, everyone, she does everyone them so makes. well. Because yeah, between her and Judy, so like when she went to go confess to Perez, and Perez is like, "I don't want to be a cop," you know. They don't even they don't ever invite me to parties because they're smoking pot and and you know blah blah blah. And Jen's like, "That's so weird. It's not even illegal anymore." <laughs> and Perez was like, "Bad example, but." <laughs> of you going there to confess and then all of a sudden the detective you're confessing to gets emotional you just can't help yourself that's not a no, no, it's not a thing anymore <laughs> I was also so this article on Vulture that I was reading before we met about the show um, so I was reading too like the writers would like write a like a start off scene or like this is where we're going to kind of set you but you guys you can ad lib and you can nice and so some of the scenes were like not really written they just gave them a starting off point and then just kind of like going off from there so it cut it it makes me wonder like I, I need to go back and watch it but just to kind of see like you know how much like see if you could figure out what may have may have been kind of ad-libbed and just riffed off because yeah now that you mention it, I feel like maybe... Like improvised in yeah, a way? Like some of the scenes, because it's like when there's Jen and Judy, but another person kind of asking a bunch of questions or whatever. And oh, Jen they will play be so there. good off each other, oh, too. So, I wish... I love their they relationship. Been, they should have been in shows and movies together for the last 20-some-odd years. I don't give a shit, because they are 
they're magical together. They're great together, and it makes you feel like they are, like like you and I, like they're best friends, but they don't kind of admit it to each other. You know, like never they would it. never admit it. Like at least Jen would never admit it, but. Like, they just play so well, and then it makes you believe that they are, they just have this really close bond. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, they have the sisterly, like, yeah bond. Like, they put up with each other's bullshit. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I like, um, oh, I forgot about what I was going with my thing. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I totally interjected. When I have a thought in my head, I have to say it, otherwise I'll forget it. Same here and see this. That's all right. We'll just talk over each other. <laughs> But okay, so <laughs> please cut that out. Don't please I'm open it. No, I'm open the episode, and then the theme music will come in after that. <laughs> Chris Fairbanks. <laughs> reminds me, I'll have to check out that ukulele. Oh yeah, I got really Get excited it. the other day because um, Jill and I we both listened to uh, "Do You Need a Ride" podcast with Chris Fairbanks and Karen Kilgariff, and. I love their little theme song. And so we decided one night, probably after some wines or vodkas, that we were going to lip sync to it. And but we needed like a little guitar there. or something. Dun, dun, Neither dun. of us have of us have one, but the library just got um their their discovery kits for the kids to check out, different stuff, science, astrology, astronomy, whatever. Now there's a little ukulele. So that's super fun. That's when, awesome. So when that the director sent the email about the new discovery kits and the ukulele being one of them, my first thought was <laughs> Jill and I can check it out for Danny to ride. <laughs> Not about my kids. Like they don't give a fuck about a ukulele. Oh, and a magic set. Sorry. That one they give a shit about. Like, but Oh, for you. I was just for you and me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I really love the ukulele idea. Yeah. We'll anyway. have to do that. We'll have to do that as one of our side projects. Yes, ma'am. But yeah, so kind of going back to what scenes they may or may not, you know, to do a rewatch and see, try and figure out which scenes they may have been just riffing back and forth because there's there's just times where it's like Jen and Judy are standing next to her next to each other and maybe Charlie's peppering them with questions, Jen's oldest son. And Jen's kind of stuttering through her answer and Judy's just like yeah just smiling and just throwing in those like kind of under breath comments I don't know it's just there's something about like you it. can't write that kind of stuff yeah. is the thing so I just I that's like I guess one of my ahas mm-hmm. in watching the show too I'm like holy shit they did a lot of like improv improvisation improv with like the script and the writing and like the the producer and the director and they were like all on board like okay this is your starting off point you guys take it where you need to go and I think that's great and I love it it's when, so cool. when I when you hear about shows and movies that have allowed that you know what I mean it were it worked in this show and, and it made it funny like yeah. it made it even more funny yeah and even maybe like a little more relatable I don't relatable know. yeah like Sometimes the I whole talking under your breath thing I do that all the time do you that's, that's kind of the nice thing I about don't masks hear it. now is oh, that fuck I can yeah. totally do it and no one knows <laughs> the thing about that I enjoy about masks now is that no one can see my resting bitch face and see and that, I'm upset people can't see my resting bitch face see I feel like my eyes spark a lot of joy but my lower half 
it's like my mouth kind of sets in this way, and I think it's because I used to have an underbite as a child that oh. it sets in a way. Don't feel sorry for me. It's fine. No, I it wasn't. Sorry, it wasn't a pity <laughs> thing. It was like an, oh, I didn't know oh. that. I don't know why. I we never talked but. about that. I had some orthodontia when I was a child, like a young child, like four. And, um, but I feel like my jaw sets in a way where it looks like I'm angry, but my eyes are like, I want to be your friend. Please like me. So it covers up the resting bitch face. And I really like that. Although I'm starting to get like fucking zits from my stupid mask. Yeah. And the The, Darth Vader breathing. Oh God. The other day. So (laughs) I go into work one day a week and I have to wear a mask the whole day. And I realize like, don't any, don't drink coffee the whole day because you're just going to be smelling your nasty coffee breath. Don't eat anything with onions, garlic, because <laughs> that is fucking disgusting. So, yeah, it's just. It's weird having to kind of learn those things and be like, all right, can't do this or don't do this. I Yeah. Or just keep gum with you or a fucking toothbrush, Jill. Jesus Christ. I got a, bo- a box of chewing gum <laughs> from Costco. So if you need you one are. or six packs of gum. <laughs> one or six. We got you. Why are you talking like this I now? I don't know. I was talking Costco got excited and brought my redneck out. <laughs> I understand. It gets me too. Mama clumped. Oh, anyways, why are we here? Um, We were talking about the themes of Dead to Me. Or actually, we weren't talking about themes. We were just riffing. Can we talk about, um, okay, so after they bury Steve's body in the woods and they're coming back or whatever, so first of all, they stop at that diner and oh, yeah. they, um, you know, and Judy's really hurting because she wanted to do something a little bit more meaningful. She wanted to have a goddamn funeral yeah. for, I get, oh God. Jen's just in a panic and just wants to get, get rid it of done. the body. And so this is kind of one of those scenes, kind of one of those moments throughout the series where... I, I was a, I got a little mad at Jen. I'm like, you're being really mean to Judy. But you're also under a fuck ton of stress. But they're at the diner, and they're talking about, and Jen's like, you know, this isn't some Disney princess frou-frou bullshit. This is fucking Scarface. And Judy's like, I've never seen that movie. Under her breath. Oh, and then yeah. Jen's like, no girl has. And then I don't know thought- what it's about. I'm like, <laughs> I fucking own it. I was personally offended. I was like, I like that movie. <laughs> I had the same goddamn reaction, and that is funny that you bring that up because oh, I was like, "California girls." <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. I had the same goddamn reaction. I don't own it, but I've watched it numerous times and on purpose. It's not like it was accidentally on TV and I just couldn't change the channel or something. Right. Like I liked the movie. Yeah. I liked stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Was, Michelle Pfeiffer. Anyway, oh, she's so beautiful. But yeah, so then they go and check into the hotel where there's a wedding going on, and that's when they run into Jeff and his boyfriend. Jeff is Karen's Karen's husband. husband. Mm -hmm. So they decide, you know, so Judy's still really upset. She takes a nap because she's exhausted. Jen wakes her up. But can we back up for a second? So while they are in... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yes, we're backing up. That was me backing up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. The same noise that I have too. <laughs> um, what? So there's a part in that that whole scene though where I, I've, is it, Judy just kind of she shuts down. Like yeah. she needs to be like she just needs to process just what they fucking just buried like mm-hmm. her 
ex-fiance. Ex-fiance. And she just shuts down. And she's not Judy. Like, she's not, like, the outgoing, friendly, loving bubbly, everybody, yeah. bubbly, st- kind of standing by Jen and supporting anything that yeah. Jen has. Say. Like, she just shuts down. And I think Jen realizes in that moment, like, actually, like, I think it grounds her. And yeah. it brings her to a place where she's like, holy fucking shit, this is not just affecting me, but this is affecting the people around me as mm-hmm. well. Because, you know, she's caught up in that moment. Like, shit, I got to get, I just killed somebody. I got to get rid of the yeah. body, <laughs> for lack of a better term. But I think it also makes Jen realize that, because, you know, Jen's real hot. Ha- you know, she tries to have this hard facade, like, yeah. can't break her, that... um she really cares about Judy she has, and she, she Judy. needs Judy needs time to process mm-hmm. what had happened and like how much bigger it is than just her. Yeah. And I and I really kind of I'm glad that they wrote that in and that Judy or um yeah, Judy just wasn't like trying to play along and please Jen and like get through this thing because that's what Jen needed. It's like mm-hmm. Judy took time for her fucking self. Yep. And she's like, I just, I need a moment. I need to take a nap. I need to get away from you. Yep. So I'm glad they did it. Yeah. Because I think it brought a lot of humanity and like. And it gave, like you said, it gave, it gave, I mean, it's like it gave Jen that time to kind of process and really realize like, shit, I'm on the verge of breaking my best friend and I need to fix it. Mm -hmm. So she knows that she is important. So then, and I. Yeah, so then I love that that whole scene in the hotel bar. First, they lie about being with the wedding party. Oh, well, the bride's my cousin, so uh, Johnny Walker Blue. (laughs) (laughs) Why wouldn't (laughs) you? And they have that whole moment, and there was, it's almost kind of like there was a point in in this season, and maybe it was this scene where, Judy starts talking about all the good, kind things that Steve had done, and how he had been and in a way trying to humanize this person that we only got really ugly snippets on in the first season, you know, where I think we talked about abusive, verbally, emotionally manipulative of Judy to Judy, not a good guy, gaslighting, not a good fucking guy. So this season, Judy tried to bring, seemed to bring a bit more humanity, you know, so she's telling Jen about the, morning after killing Ted Jen's husband she's like you know you know Steve always would try to play things off and be super cool about stuff or whatever and she found him down on the beach just crying like a baby and then throughout the season Judy has these flashbacks of Steve being really nice and really sweet but then also sprinkled in the you're a fucking idiot and all the more abusive stuff so I thought that was kind of an interesting angle that they decided to throw in to be like, this guy's not just a piece of shit. He was still somewhat of a human at some point to this person. So I was like, that's kind of nice, I guess. I don't I want, guess. I don't, you know, <laughs> I, I'd already made up my mind that I hated him. And now to hear that, like, okay, at one point he was a good guy. Sorry, there's a bug in my basement. And she killed it with my flip flop. <laughs> Did you get it? Jesus I so. Christ. I was like five swaps. What is it, anyways? Is that a beetle? Oh, I hate those things. Ugh. It's a basement. Yeah. Basement's happy. You missed it. Fell. 
So the scene in the hotel bar um, between the two of them, Judy's kind of doing her little memorial thing. Yeah, because Jen wakes up Judy from her nap. It's like, let's go down to the bar. You know, we'll say some things, you know, because that's what people do after a funeral, right? But the emotion in that bar scene and the crying. And so the guilt that you see build in Jen's face as Judy is going on and on. Like, again, all the props to Christina Applegate this season for fucking bringing the emotions and just making you want to ugly cry with her and sympathizing with. I mean, really, like, the whole season, it's about her and her guilt. Mm -hmm. Like, her character and the guilt that she's going through and knowing what she did. But also wanting to try and do the right thing. Like, helping Ben with the vigil. Her guilt in doing the right thing. And I think that's, like, why she's doing these Mm -hmm. things. It's just her guilt is, like, eating away at her. And she needs to find ways to, like her penance yeah you know yep so that kind of brings us around can we talk about the bar scene though yes and how much fucking fun they had yes Ah! so they get their cry out and they cry and they hug and they have this like beautiful like bestie moment and then some schmuck from the wedding comes up like oh you guys want to dance she's like read the room fucko (laughs) that was Jen not Judy yeah But then, yeah, so then... And then they just, like, fucking... They go party. They dance, and they drink, and they dance, and they drink, and they shots, and then they drink. Moscow mules, and yeah. They, like, do everything. Oh, can you imagine the hangover the next day? That'd be so painful. Damn. But it was, I mean, it was kind of, like, a nice debrief from, like, Mm -hmm. all the other emotions that are, are going on in that show. It's like, ah, they're having fucking fun. I know it's like they're crashing somebody's wedding. And it's out because they fucking buried Steve, but mm-hmm. it was just like nice to kind of like have that emotional break for mm-hmm. a second. Like, ugh, I don't have to be so divested right now. Like, yep. they're having fun and just kind of breathe that. Everyone, everyone gets to kind of breathe that sigh of relief and enjoy, yeah, scamming the wedding party. Scamming yeah, the wedding party. Oh, so with kind of going back to like Jen's guilt and everything and. So what did you think of her and Ben hooking up? I'll be honest. I saw it um, after, as soon as she met him. I'm like, yeah, they're going to fucking hook up. Yep. And let's be honest. He's Ben's character. What is not to love about him? He's Jen so is in a. He's so dorky. I he's a, such a great face. I can't imagine what's going on downstairs. I'm sure it's fine, too. Um, <laughs> but Jen is also in that place where she is like in an emotional turmoil and maybe just fucking somebody is going to like release some things, you know? And, but of all the people to choose to fuck, I felt like, mm. I felt like her choice, her decision to fuck Ben was partially because yes, she's attracted to his personality, you know, because he looks, you know, he's Steve's identical brother. Well, not completely identical, but, you know, it's James fucking Marsden. You don't have, you don't think it has anything to do with his chiropractic skills? Because remember, oh. she had, like, some real severe back pain oh, yeah. from, I believe, burying his brother. Yep. And then he came over 
for whatever reason. And cracked his back. Oh, and then Karen stopped by. And, and then she's Karen like, stopped oh. by with the orange wine. She's like, you that um, grown-ass man from yesterday or whatever. <laughs> and Jen's like, you can leave this here. Yeah. <laughs> you can leave your <laughs> shitty orange wine here. Yeah. You know you're a wino if you're stealing your neighbor's orange wine. <laughs> That's why I'm saying, like, wine should be, like, one of the major characters in the storyline. Yeah. Um, well, and then there's the scene at the grocery store, too, where she's yelling at the clerk because he's like, damn, you really need eight bottles of wine? She's like, what are you, the wine police? And she drops a bottle, and she's like, I'm not paying for that. God. I forgot about that. <laughs> and I liked that scene, too, because Judy, as the best friend, just kind of stood there, and you can tell that she's... Judy on- tries to diffuse the situation. She... she she just kind of stood, she's just like, oh, she's got that look on her face like, oh, God, here we go. Jen breaks the bottle of wine. The clerk's like, I'm not cleaning it. And Jen's like, I'm not cleaning it. And Judy's like, here, I'll clean it. And she opens up like the bag of toilet or a tissue or paper towels and goes to start cleaning it. And she's like, you're such a good person. but And you're a good friend because you didn't try and, like, stop your friend from making an ass of herself. You... <laughs> You let her make an ass of herself. You supported her in her ass making. Mm, no. <laughs> I, I like where you're going with this. But you know what I mean. She was just, she stood next to Jen beside yeah, her. Yeah, she wasn't like, Shh, shut up. Like, stop. Like, mm-hmm. she was just like, all right, let her fucking just rant. Here she goes. Here she goes. Yep. Yeah. Because yep. Judy wanted to drink that wine too. But You know she did. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they do. Yeah. That's what friends do, is drink wine. Cheers. Cheers. Should we take a wine break? Do we wine need break. a wine break? Okay. Okay, we're back. Fresh wines. And we'll continue on with our Dead to Me season two. I don't really recall where we left off. Because we were just kind of rambling and the wine's kicking in. So let's see. Anything else you want to bring up? Can we bring up the moms? Yes. So there was a theme of moms in this season, and I was hoping that you would catch it too. Yes. Um, okay, so to start it off, Jen. So we found a little we found out a little bit more of the backstory of Jen's mom. Judy's and, mom. Well, no, I'm gonna talk about Jen's mom first. Oh, okay. So Jen's mom died when Jen was really yes. young. She died from cancer. Jen didn't really ever processed that grief for her mom she admitted in like to the last episode yep to perez. Um, to perez that you know she had a lot of anger about it because her mom just had this ongoing like fucking cancer like mm-hmm. how cancer does and i think that too was also like one of the, you know i think we talked about it earlier like how they kind of like one of their bonding moments their bonding moments mm-hmm. and they bonded. helped May help Perez make a decision that maybe wasn't legally correct. So real quick with that. So in that whole conversation, you know, in that whole scene in the in the finale where, you know, Jen's trying to confess and takes Perez out to the forest. They don't find the body. And then driving back, Jen's assuming she's going to be arrested. And, yeah, they have that really kind of bittersweet heart to heart where yeah they bond over having lost their moms at a young age Mm -hmm. and i just i really loved that scene because yep prez just wanted to be a human and yeah we get a little more information on both characters and yeah 
I think we caught Perez still in like one of um, her vulnerable moments, Mm -hmm. you know, like we had talked about earlier. And we find out that Perez's mom was murdered. And that kind of what drove Perez into like law enforcement and Mm -hmm. where she's at now. And then we find out that Jen, Jen's mom died from cancer. So the fact that like moms weren't so much a theme in the first season, but in the second season, maybe towards the end, I would say that they became a little bit more like it, it kind of gave more, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Substance, backstory. Yeah, substance, backstory, more like believable things to like these person's characters and the like how they like why they're acting in the way that they do and then we find out judy's mom is in prison right now Mm -hmm. played by the lovely kitty seagal because throughout this season judy has mentioned oh my mom was a drug addict not in my life she's yeah she's a she's like kind of commented here and there Mm -hmm. and they're just like quick things but you don't really know like the whole story and then you see that she went to visit her mom in prison mm-hmm. and it's Katie Skull. Woohoo! I was so fucking giddy. I was like, funny. <laughs> right? And, and how funny. And yeah. how funny, like, it's not like a crossover kind of episode or in any way, but in like, I don't know, character world, it's kind of funny that that is that was Christina Applegate's mom in Married. Married with children, mm-hmm. and now she's back playing Judy's mom. Which hair-wise, nailed it. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like her hair like could do anything. It really Like, it can. could really run for president. <laughs> when I found out that Peggy Bundy, um, Katie Seagal's hair, was mostly a wig in Married with Children, I was devastated. Because <laughs> it was big and red and beautiful and big and voluminous and big. <laughs> And one day my dad's like, her hair is not real. This coming from a bald guy. <laughs> I was just like, aww. But yeah, I was so, as, as a fan of Married with Children growing up, that was like our family show. We sat down as a family and watched together. God bless the 80s. Um, I was so <laughs> excited and I got super giddy. And it was just, I liked that little kind of, nod to Married with Children fans and Christina Applegate and Katie Seagal fans. Just kind of tossed her in there. Yeah. It was, I don't know. I love her. She's great. Oh, yeah. And I, I never watched um, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. But I know she was in that and she was she a was baddie. Also, yeah, she was also a baddie. Mm-hmm. She was a badass bitch. Yep. Um, but yeah, so the theme with moms, you're absolutely right because you know, Jen's struggling as a mom, dealing with murdering her bestie's ex-fiance. And then we see Judy's mom and kind of their strained relationship. But then we also meet Steve and Ben's mom. Oh! Played by the wonderful Frances McConroy. She is so, so great. I forgot that she was in this. So when... During my rewatch, she popped back up. I had it was a, a nice surprise. Yeah, <laughs> it was a nice surprise when Jen went with um, Steve's brother. What's ben. his name? Ben. Thank you. Mm-hmm. To go like look at the house, and she was, I don't know. She, you know, it's her house. It's mm-hmm. this multi-million-dollar fucking real estate thing or whatever, and it was just her. And I'm like, 
<sighs> she just, I don't know. Ever since American Horror Story, she's, well, actually, no. It's Six Feet Under. So she was the oh. mom in Six Feet Under. Okay. I don't know if you ever watched that show. No. HBO. Um, it was about a family that were, they ran a um, funeral home. Yeah. And she was the mom and, like, the sons, um, Dexter. <gasps> Michael Ma- C. Hall. Michael C. Hall. And, oh, the son, Nate. Nate? I can't remember his, his real name. But anyways, they... Isn't they it like Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. He's on um, 911 on Fox now. He's the fire mm-hmm. chief on Rescue 911. Do you ever watch that? Okay. Mm-hmm. But anyways, he's, like, they're the two sons that run the funeral home, and then the... But the funeral, they live, like, their house is the funeral home. Yeah. So, like, they live above it or, and then the funeral home is below or whatever. But ever since that show, I love her just because she, she just, she has a really great range. Like, she can be super sweet, but at the same time, really annoying. Like, you're just like, oh, that's such my mom. (laughs) God. Like, shut up, mom. You know, and then just to see her in the show, I'm like, oh. And then, you know, she was on um, American Horror Story, too, and she's she's just great. Yeah. I love her. And I, and I love that um, with her being on American Horror Story, like you said, you get to see her range. Because, you know, I love that they hire the same actors but play completely different characters mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's... I said it in, in that episode as well, but, and I'll say it again, Frances McConaughey is a gift. She's a gift, and everyone should love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, we see... So, yeah, there was a bit of a, a mom theme because at at the very end of the season... Oh, and then In the Lorna. last episode, yeah. And then Lorna. Um, Lorna, because... And we'll kind of circle back, but Jen and Judy are sitting there talking to Lorna about wanting, because we find out in the season that Lorna is part owner of the house, because that's what Ted wanted. Of Jen's house. Of Jen's house. And Judy wants to basically buy her out, so she doesn't have that kind of control over Jen anymore. And Jen also decides that she can no longer work for Lorna. So we see that kind of break, and Jen straight up says, she's like, I'm... Basically, she's like, I'm I'm done fighting with you. It's exhausting. And I just want to, you know, you're the kid's grandma. So basically, you're always going to be there. But my take on it was like, I can't be this close to you she wants anymore. She like, <laughs> the controlling ties. Like, yep. Any controlling ties that Lona still has to her family. Yep. But, you know, still maybe maintain that fentanyl contact. No. <laughs> just take two. Just, you'll be you know, fine. <laughs> you know, just to help you sleep. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a bit of a, a mom theme in this in this season compared to last season, I would agree. Because, yeah. And then, yeah, and just who they brought in to play the moms was <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> I'm curious to see who, like, maybe in season three – if they bring in, because, you know, at the end of the season, Jen was um, acknowledging that she never really, like, properly grieved her mother. She goes back she to the grief has, like, group, which I was super proud of her for doing. She went back oh, to the and grief they group. and still had the same, like, what, grief counselor or the priest? Like the, I think it was, like, a minister, yeah. Like, the the guy that, yeah. oh, he's just so great. He's just so, like, calming and, like. I'm like, oh, he's still there. Because he showed up at the vigil. The vigil. And vigil? Did I not? Vigil. 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 I didn't say it right either. 
Just say what I say. We'll just both be wrong. <laughs> but yeah, so when he popped up at the vigil. Vigil. V-I-G-I-L. Vigil. That I, mean, is... I don't like how that is spelled <laughs> or the, something. That, I don't think that's the correct. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but yes, he comes back at the memorial on the beach. <laughs> and and so she goes, Jen, Jen goes back to the to the group where this time she is much more of a willing participant and ready to share and grieve and kind of let go of some of that anger. I, I was super was, proud of her. It was a really great scene where she she made herself vulnerable and she opened up to the group and, you know, said, like, mm-hmm. I don't think I ever, these are the all these feelings that I've been holding for this long and I don't think I ever, you know, it was mm-hmm. great that she recognized that. And she went there, and yeah, I don't know. It's just the mom, like you said, kind of the mom theme, especially in the later half of the season, and I think for both of us, it's a little deeper than some other folks that may be watching, you know, because, yeah, during my last rewatch, when Jen was saying that, yeah, I've never properly grieved or processed her death. And in it, I was like, oh, goody. So in 30 years, I have something to look forward to. I'm finally admitting that I can't have not properly processed the death of my mom. I was like, you're going to go to so, a grief group on the beach. It's so, oh, on the beach would be great. I mean, just that's what's going to happen. But it's always nice to see yourself in shows and movies. I agree. But, you know, and I think a lot of people can can relate to that. You know, yeah, whether yeah. it's a parent or whatever, we I don't think we as humans ever truly sit down and properly deal with the stinky shit that we need to fucking deal with. Cause it's easier to just to be like, no, no, I'm, I'm preoccupied and other things to do. Well, like, and let's be honest, we're not taught how to deal with stuff. Right. We're not taught how to deal with it. And the best like self defense mechanism that we have is to ignore it and think it's going to go away. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, you know, it's it's different for everybody more. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have an easier time and some people hold on to things. And I like to hold on. It doesn't to necessarily make it wrong it down or right. No. It's just it is what it is. It is. There's it's just we're we don't know. We don't know how to deal with these kind of things. And and I think as long as we as long as everyone has some sort of outlet. You know, whether that is therapy a grief group a friend someone that you can release these things to even if it's just piecemealing it small bits here and there you got to get it out and take care of yourself yeah I mean even then you know I'm just speaking from my own experience it's hard to process things Mm -hmm. and it's hard to ask for help Mm -hmm. and people have different ways of dealing with it and it's kind of looked down in our society or um, the United States of America society to harbor too long, to be sad or mm-hmm. to grieve or to have feelings that right. aren't 
normal mainstream that everybody should be having right now. It, it you feels know? like so, we're, yeah, it feels like we're in a country of get over it, like deal with it, get over it, move on. Pull yourself up by your boot, boot strings and just move on is like kind of our mentality. And, and I feel like that just comes from not fair to anyone. It isn't. And I feel like that mentality just comes from. Not the person that's hurting, but the people around them because it's uncomfortable for them. And you know what? It's it's time to get uncomfortable, y'all, with a little bit of everything. That's all I'll say about that. Um. <laughs> and that's what we're going to say about that. That, that. Got a little deep there. Ooh. We'll keep it light. Ooh. So... Oh, and also throughout the season, we hear Judy talk about her paintings from the gallery. Oh, God. Because the gallery's yes. been shut down. It's getting turned into an Arby's, which is great for the community. <laughs> oh, says. gross. I you mean, curly what? fries, right? I, when I was pregnant with my first kid, I ate Arby's like every single day for like two fucking weeks. She did. She I, told me. So many. Marty can attest to this because I made him drive me. <laughs> <laughs> But so many roast beef sandwiches, so many shakes. I'm sorry. I'm just jonesing for some Arby's. But yeah, so Judy's looking for her paintings because they're all gone. And she's so kind of throughout the season, you're like, okay, so she just wants her paintings. She wants to try and sell them, make a little money, you know, help the family. Or they have sentimental value, whatever it is. She's just really wants her paintings and Jen being like the big soft or Judy being the big softy she is I just assumed it was sentimental I did as well so she gets her paintings from Perez which by the way I love how much Perez hates hates Judy and Judy to the just, core Judy just like like that last scene with them and where- Judy just just keeps trying. She keeps trying. Like, I am gonna. She compliments keep her trying. all the time. She's like, "I love your hair." Like the first time they see each other this season, when when and Perez, Judy accepts the compliment, and yeah, so Perez is like surveying. Is you know she's got like the restraining order that Jen had asked for to have against Judy, but at this point Judy's back living in the house. So that whole scene in the front yard with Perez, Jen, and then Judy popping out about like. Do we have any mangoes or whatever the hell she was asking about? And just being so bubbly and cute. Bay and she's leaves. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Jen's like, go inside. And Judy's just fine, like, okay. And just goes running off inside. And Perez just kind of being like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I love Perez. And, yeah, so she hates Judy. So in that last scene with them, because Perez has decided to be a human and – Everything that happened that morning with her and Jen didn't happen, which makes me think like, okay, so Perez never read her her rights or anything like that. You know what I mean? Nothing, quote, official. It is very kind of murky about how Jen and Perez got in the car and they went to Los Angeles Forest. Yep. Like, you don't really know. Mm-hmm. That wasn't made very clear. Because when they're coming back, Jen's like, can I can I make a phone call? Like wondering if she can make her one phone call. And during my last rewatch, I was like, well, we didn't see her read you. You're right. So I think you're like not under anything. You know what I mean? Anyways, Prez comes back, gives Judy her paintings and they kind of have this like semi moment. And 
Judy's like giving Perez all these compliments, and Judy's like, I really sincerely hope I never see you I again. Never see you again. <laughs> and walks out the door, and then under her breath, Judy's like, I feel like you don't mean that. <laughs> and which I love because that's so Judy. That's such a Pisces thing to say because her and Michelle talk about their signs. But so Judy picks up her paintings and she looks at it longingly and then she apologizes to it and then starts smashing the shit out of it and it starts raining money. Yeah, I I did not see that coming, but mm-hmm. it's pretty perfect. Yeah. And but it also brings up questions for me like okay, when did this happen? Like when was money stuffed into your portraits? Like did you know that's like mm-hmm. were you part of this like mm-hmm. when did this happen was like Steve doing this the whole time and you caught wind of it and that's how you became aware of like the whole money laundering scream with the Greeks like mm-hmm. it brings up a lot of questions yeah I mean it's delightful to see and it's just like one of those like perfect pretty endings yeah and you know but at the same time like well yeah. wait a minute yeah whose money was that where did like you said where did it come Is from how long has it been money? in there like, yeah you know, like, has it been there? Yeah. So, well, Judy always seemed to know that Steve had been, was involved with the Greek mafia. And I love that it's the Greek mafia and not. Is there a Greek mafia? Is that a I thing? don't know. But since it was on TV, I'm going to assume yes. <laughs> but I just love that it wasn't your run of the mill, you know, quote, mafias. It wasn't the Italian mafia. It wasn't, you know, the. Japanese yakuza's or you know what I mean, like the bigger organized crime syndicates like you hear you about, hear about mm-hmm. in popular TV and movies. So I love that they just they're like Greek mafia because then I was like, holy fuck, is there a Greek mafia I need to worry about? Why would you in Evansville? I don't know. I mean, we don't have, have a good Euro place, so we I have don't no know Euro my... place. There is no Greek mafia here. No. Maybe we need one and get some good euros. Fuck yeah, girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, I miss euros. Euros are so good. We had a euro the other night. Oh, we bought jelly. a box. We bought a euro box. Ooh. There was only three of them in there. So Ryan and I had to arm wrestle for the last one. No. Oh. He was so nice. He just split up them into one and one half. Yeah, it was. And then afterwards, we were like, we're so hungry. <laughs> So don't buy the box euros, y'all. Or buy two of them. Or buy two. Yeah, because we're that. we're kind of, we're eaters. We're food eaters. <laughs> I'm a professional food eater. I'm yep. so good at it. I'm real good, too. All right. So let's see. We weren't just, I mean, yes, we were talking about euros. <laughs> and how delicious they are. Mm-hmm. I really kind of hit all my things because my notes are like a half a page. Okay. And I crossed so- them <laughs> <laughs> So it's not even really a half a page. You're like, no, we're not talking about that one. <laughs> That's an inside thought. That's going to stay inside. It's inside. All right. So we'll just get to the um, end of the season. So everything seems to be wrapped up in a nice, pretty big carbo. Because Judy's got her painting money. she We assume she bought out Lorna, so now they own the house and everything. And she's got enough money left over to go buy a car for Charlie. Jen got her stop sign. Jen got her stop sign. So they're driving home in the brand new shiny car for Charlie. They're talking about taking a nice vacation, getting away, and just kind of relaxing from the insanity of this last year for them. 
And then all of a sudden, Judy's like, stop! Because there's Jen's stop sign. Oh, and her plea to the council on the stop sign. That was, was amazing. Was great. And let's just kind of circle back real quick. Everyone on that council was a white man, and the majority of people in the audience the were women. Were women. Yes. So bitches get stuff done. Ladies, get out there, get some shit done. Speak your mind. Yep. Be loud. Goddamn right. Be loud. Who fucking cares if people talk? If people say shit about you because you're loud, you swear, you maybe don't use words. I'm going off on a tangent, and you can cut all of this. But be fucking loud. I'm not cutting anything. That's the point here. Exactly. Be loud. Make a scene. Because I also like Jen's talk with Charlie when Charlie, you know, cheats on Parker, his Instagram influencer girlfriend. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, she's crazy. And I loved Jen's response to that. Mm -hmm. And every mother to son should have that. Teenage son should have the response of like, no, no. She was driven crazy. And I loved how it was as quick as it was, but I felt it was really deep and meaningful. And maybe it's just because I have two boys and they're young. So it's like something to kind of pack away in my brain of, no, no, you don't get to call women crazy when you treat them like shit. Basically. Exactly. They react appropriately. So maybe don't treat people like fucking shit where they're going to lash out and spray paint across your garage door. Um. So we were talking about... Um, oh, the end. The ending. So, yeah. so they get the car for Charlie. They're driving home, all happy and everything. Jen's got her stop sign. They stop at the stop sign. They have a little moment of celebration. They start pulling forward, and then, bam, T-boned. They get T-boned. Not, and not by just any person. Ben. By Ben. Ben so, has relapsed back into drinking because he did get the confirmation. They did end up finding Ted's, nope, Steve's body in the woods. So we we learned earlier in the season that Ben used to drink, but he doesn't drink because crazy shit happens. But he'll get crunked on some Earl Grey. <laughs> yeah, he'll get crunked on Earl Grey. Or chamomile or whatever. Either way, he's a tea drinker. And then he, and then, um, he found out that his they found his brother's remains. And then we see him just like leaving the mm-hmm. scene, so we don't really know, right? And he then in the last house. scene, yep. bam, he hits Jen and Judy. Yep. So and then, and then drives off, and then drives off. So it's a hit and run. Yep. It's kind of poetic justice in a way. Mm-hmm. No one in this show should be allowed to drive ever. <laughs> <laughs> just stay out of your cars. Right I don't know. Here. I I'll be honest with you. Like I said, I love this season. It's like it was one of the best seasons, one of the best shows. Um, but I kind of felt like mm, it was a little marshmallow for me. Like, really? Yeah? Yeah, like a little marshmallow. Like, okay, so now Ben hits you. So I don't know. And then he drives off. Like, I just... It felt weird to me. Like, it made me feel a little awkward and weird and just like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I see That's what not you a mean. Great, it's not I, a great description, but I just felt weird about it. For me, at like the end of the season to see that, yep, they got T-boned and that it was by Ben. Yeah, it was just like, oh, fuck. And then... 
now what like yeah again my first thought was like no one should be allowed to drive in this show because y'all are very bad at it <laughs> but yeah Hence how the are they sign. how are they gonna it just makes me curious for the third and final season you know because this season we see so in season one judy kills jen's partner in season two jen kills judy's ex-partner <laughs> there's no more partners left <laughs> And no one died, but now, but we still are kind of circling back with car accidents and everything. I don't know. I just, but we do see at, at the end of like that scene, we do see Judy wakes up and yes. she's like, oh, you know, like what the fuck just happened? And then she's like, kind of like tapping Jen, on Jen. Jen, like Jen, Jen, are you okay? Jen, but we don't see if Jen wakes up. Well, in the closed captioning, because I watch all my stuff on closed captioning, because when I eat late at night, it gets really loud in my head. Um, <laughs> she... Between one and two. Hmm? What? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying you do your best eating between 11 and two. Yes, I do. 11 p.m. to two in the morning. Like a gremlin. Yes. <laughs> and then don't <laughs> get me wet. Sorry. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Sorry, I made it weird. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> where was I going with this? Well, you're ca- talking about the closed captionings. Oh, and yes. how you watch them. Yeah, so Judy, yeah, Judy wakes up first and she Jen does wake up and Jen's very groggy and she's like, What the fuck just happened? And Judy's like, We got T boned. And Judy just or Jen just is like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like almost like one off fuck till we just got T-boned. Off fuck we got T-boned leaving my stop sign that I just went and argued would save lives and here I am getting fucking hit. Get like not the irony. Fault. The irony the of irony. it. The irony. Not to her fault because she got hit by a drunk driver and I mean, do we know he's drunk? We saw a bottle, but does that mean that he's drunk? So I mean, when he was drunk on the I'm beach just... and and he for when he was drunk on the beach at the vigil and drunk and then, on a beach. Oh, that should be our song. <laughs> drunk in a basement's really our song. But he goes in, you know, kisses <laughs> Jen and is making out and everything. And he comes back the next morning and he's like, Oh, I was like blacked out drunk. Yeah, like he didn't remember it. And Whatever. Again, and like he admits later that he wasn't blacked out drunk and you know, blah blah blah. But I'm like Really? Because you were pretty coherent for a blacked out drunk. You are a professional drinker. Huh? I mean, <laughs> I was just going to say, I can tell you about the times I was blacked out drunk. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but no, good point. Like, I feel maybe he wasn't, I, he had the, the, um, God dang it. What's the words? I'm. Having a struggle with my words today. He had the wherewithal to mm-hmm. know what he just did. Yeah. Was, you know, it, it demanded, like, immediate attention. You know, fu- he fucked up yeah. kind of thing. But he chose to drive away. Yes. Drive away. So, in my mind, I feel like he kind of knew what was going on. Yeah. I think when he, especially after, because we don't know how long anyone was out. You know, we see the impact and then kind of you know, Ben waking up and then realizing, like, realizing just enough that what just happened was bad and he's got to go. So during all of that, 
as Judy's waking up and he's pulling away, she must not have noticed his car. We'll find out next season. And we don't know if don't know. Judy saw the person driving away or yep. if um, or Ben, ben knows saw the he people hit. in the vehicle. He wouldn't know because that's a brand new car. Like, he wouldn't at least work, recognize the vehicle. You know what I mean? Whereas Judy right, would have a better chance of recognizing Ben's vehicle. True. If she were paying attention, but... The closed caption indicates that she was more concerned about Jen waking up. Yeah. Because that's yeah, yeah. a good friend. Because so. she's a terrific friend. She's a Pisces. I mean. Like me. We care so hard. I mean. <sighs> <laughs> you do. It's true. It sucks. So any predictions for season three or anything you would like to see in the next season? Some <laughs> <laughs> <a> motorboating. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just excited. For I mean, season I'm three. excited that they decided to do a season three, and I just the way season two went, and the writing, and the character development, and just um, it was so like as dark so as the sh- like the subject matter is, it's just funny. It is like the characters bring like their comedic timing. They just bring like they bring comedy the humor. to it. So and I'm the humanity that, that and the humanity and the the way that I can relate to some of like the themes. I just hope that that carries on to season three. I agree. Yeah. It's the show is, it's so much fun. And again, for as dark as of, of the subject matter and there's really like gut wrenching moments, but really like laugh out loud moments. And for what it deals with, I think it does a great job in bringing like the human, like how, any average person would react. You know what I mean? Like, in any given tragedy, we're going to cry, but we're also going to laugh. You know what I mean? It, and it's... We would hope. That, like, you would it, hope it's so. All about, it's all about that. I and mean, I think the show does a great job <laughs> encompassing all of that. Your foot's too close to me. I said, <laughs> I need to stretch my foot out. Okay. I'm Anyways. stretching my foot out. All right. Well, I think that's going to about do it for... Our chat on Dead to Me season two. I don't think I've got it. I think I got it all out. I'm sure as soon as I hit stop, I will think of about four more things that we didn't that I didn't bring up. But I think we covered all the high points. Do you need a few minutes to like just think about it? No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. The wine's awesome. kicking in, and yeah. Oh, Sauvignon. Sauvignon. Yes. Nighthawk Gold is what we're drinking tonight. Yes. It's a nice, pretty green box with some black lettering. And it's a nice. (laughs) (laughs) You could say that about Girl Scout cookies. It's a nice green box with black lettering. Support your Girl Scouts. Support your local Girl Scouts. Um, And it's, yeah, it's the Nighthawk Sauve Blanc. It's so nice, light, and crisp, and tasty, and that's a good white girl wine. Because we got ice in ours, you betcha. Anyways, cut that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I think that'll do it for Jill and I and Dead to Me Season 2. Thanks for listening, everyone, and keep streaming. Bye.